Jewish Latin Princess Episode 69, Sophia Silberman, founder of Three Under Two. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Have you or anyone you know suffered with infertility? Have you done IVF? Did you wish you had more emotional support along the way? You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm your host, Yael Trush. Today's interview is really special. I have the honor of speaking with a woman who, like many of my guests, has taken a difficult, very challenging situation and turned it into an opportunity to help others. I have Sophia Silverman on the show. Sophia is the founder of Three Under Two, now a foundation for women undergoing IVF. She is the co-author of a self-help manual for women undergoing IVF in Spanish and English that is titled Who the blank am I? Dealing with the emotional demanding road of IVF, 30 days to feel supported, manage stress, and cope with emotions. If this sounds familiar, it's because she's published this manual with psychologist Yael Toledo, who has been on the show before and actually been on Jewish Latin Princess blog as well. And this manual follows Yael's signature manuals, Who the Blank Am I? And of course, we can't forget that all of this started with her blog at Three Under Two, where she started opening up about her journey with infertility and offering countless women support. Today, we talk about Sophia's journey with infertility, the rocky road in her relationship with God, including the mitzvah of mikvah and the ultimate reconciliation and path of spiritual growth that she's on now. Sophia says God had a very clear plan for her and she was able to listen to his messages and transform her challenge. The challenges of those facing IVF, including the very practical topic of finances and the role of the husbands, what she's learned through this journey, the blessing of motherhood and more with the absolutely inspiring Sophia Silverman. Silverman, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. So excited to connect with you. Um, we tried to do this for a while, and I'm so happy to be able to share your story. You are the blogger between behind Three Under Two, the founder of the nonprofit, the foundation, three, the Three Under Two Foundation, and now the, an author of a self-help manual regarding women undergoing um, IVF. And all of this happened because of your own personal journey. So I want to go back a little bit to that journey and tell us what you went through before we get to all your amazing new projects. Okay, Um, I'm going to try to make it uh, not so long because if not, we're going to take an hour. But um, (laughs) it is a very hard and lonely and dark. I always describe it as dark road that I went through um, with infertility, right? I, 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 
every time a woman decides to make a, a couple, decides to make a decision of having a baby, um, I mean, it's a big decision to make. So when you make it, um, I think you, when you want it for, in my case, I wanted it now. The moment I, you know, the moment I decided I want this, I want this now. And that's my personality. And things, you know, didn't go that way. So it was really hard on me and my emotionally to go through that road. Um, I started, I got married to my seven year old boyfriend. I mean, mm -hmm. like he was like, he was like forever my boyfriend. We got married, a beautiful wedding. And then, you know, the time came um, to, to this, that we decided, you know what, we should start trying. And we started, we started, we started, you know, trying, trying. And every month, um, nothing happened. Um, and when I start, when I got married, I started going to the mikveh and everything. And, and, you know, it was like, I'm doing everything I, I'm supposed to be doing as a Jewish woman and nothing is happening. So mm. it was really hard on me um, emotionally not to get preg pregnant naturally, you know? How long, so, how long was this period of infertility? Because now um, you're blessed with no, children. Well, the whole infertility was like around three years and a half. Wow. Yeah, till I had the twins. Mm -hmm. But um, for the, the time that I spent trying without getting any help was almost a year. Mm -hmm. That is like the time where what like the gynecologist tells you, okay, like nine months to a year, you're ready to go to an infertility doctor. I don't agree with that because I think that after nine months or a year, you're already drained emotionally. I, mm -hmm. I would be more proactive and I would do it before that. That's my recommendation, you know, not as a doctor, <laughs> as a person. Oh, that's um, interesting. You yeah, for me, it was too long. Really? Yes. Uh, so I, coming from a, another completely different perspective, would say, well, you know, keep trying. Don't don't submit yourself to, to treatments yet because anything can happen not, in another year. But but who knows? I don't know. submit yourself to treatment. It's mm -hmm. figure out if there's something wrong. Aha. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's Start very different. Start investigating. I hear yes. you. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. It's very different because if you know, if, if there is something wrong physically, Mm -hmm. then you can fix it there's so many ways to fix it i hear you you know uh -huh. i had a physical um problem and one of my fallopian tubes was completely blocked not working the chances of getting pregnant with a blocked fallopian tube are like five percent each month so my chance was really low and you know what if i would have wow. known that before then i would have gotten pregnant before i would have you know made whatever i had to do to do it you know i'm very pro i'm a very proactive person if you tell me i have <laughs> this wrong i'll fix it you know but i had to wait a, i waited a year for that and i think so, by that time i was already very very like drained emotionally so after you know? after that whole year do you tell your doctors can we look into something or do they just discover it by chance no so th there's like a, a set of tests like very um you know like a set of tests that they do to see uh there's blood tests there's the um icg test there's a lot of tests like the tube test that they do um to determine what could be wrong mm -hmm. and i mean there's a thousand things that can be wrong you know since like from the the smallest little thing to the biggest thing you know like and um there's just like standard tests that they do but that you have to go to a fertility specialist okay so you did your tests and they discovered that there was an issue yeah there was a, a, a issue it wasn't it wasn't like huge but it was like uh it was something that 
that it had to be fixed. And the way to fix it was by an operation. So I got an, uh, I got an operation done. They went in um, and they tried to unblock the fallopian tube or if not to remove it. So they had to remove it in my case. They could not unblock it. They removed it. Oh. And after that, the doctor told me, look, right now you've been through a lot of stress. So now it's mental more than physical, but you need to get in vitro done because a person that has been through so much should not go through more you know like mm -hmm. your chances of getting pregnant right now with the stress that you have are low so i recommend you do an ivf by this time i didn't i mean you start not trusting the doctor and you start you know not trusting yourself mm -hmm. so i got two opinions for for me that was important to get two opinions and both doctors told me the same thing operation and after operation ivf so that's before that i did some artificial inseminations also mm -hmm. so i had been going through hormones and things and and treatment so you know like at that point i was already ready to do in vitro mm -hmm. um and i was scared i was very scared the, the word in vitro to me was like it's huge you know it's not like i thought it was a huge 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 process um till i did it you know mm -hmm. i think that you set yourself up emotionally to do i mean you to i was very scared at the beginning um so you started the in vitro process and what happened after the conception okay, so happened right away the for me yeah i did in vitro it was a very um simple in vitro there are there are different types of tests that they can do while you're doing in vitro mine was very 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 um simple you know because they already corrected my issue they uh -huh. had already done the operation so it was a very simple in vitro um i took my hormones which are, which are not easy on any woman or the couple that has to um endure a, a, a you know your wife going through hormones it must be like not easy at all <laughs> uh, and um I, I did my in vitro. It was easy. It wasn't that hard. At the end, I, I was like, this is it. You know, like, and I got pregnant for the first time. And that so was this the was twins. Like, no. So I got pregnant with one, even though I put two embryos in. I implanted two embryos. I only got pregnant with one. But I was, I was emotionally, I wasn't in the right place at that time. I don't know. I was like very scared. I didn't want to tell anybody. I was, I was ashamed. I, I don't know. There was so many things going in. In my mind at that time and at 10 weeks I lost that baby Aye. I had a miscarriage and that was like I don't know I, I hit rock bottom with that it was terrible I can only it was like imagine I lost after after winning a battle right. I lost it in a second you know and it was really devastating for me I laid in a couch for like days I didn't want to talk to anybody it was the first time that I saw my my husband crying because oh. he was like desperate for me you know that why do I have to go through all these things and um it was really hard and after that i got up and i said you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be a mom there's no way that i'm not gonna be a mom i got pregnant it was you know it was it was a big step i did get pregnant so that was like a relief um now i just have to figure out a way for to come back to me you know to emotionally come back to to me so i worked on myself i i did therapy and i did acupuncture and i did uh many things that i you know i concentrated on myself I even died for a while it was like for three four months that I only concentrated on me it wasn't about being a mom it was about me again mm -hmm. that for years I have not thought about myself 
So I took that time yeah. and then got ready, did a second in vitro and got pregnant with the twins. Mm-hmm. And since that day that I got pregnant with the twins, everything was started going amazing for me. It was like God sent me at that moment, at that perfect moment to get pregnant, to have twins. I got a new house. I got everything just started going perfect, perfect since today till today. I mean, like everything just started going like a flow here. You know, it was like you, I had to wait for that perfect time that God sent me my kids, you know? So I, I, I want to I want to I want to touch on so many things here because I want to touch on the role of the spouse. I think it's very important. But before that, you mentioned the timing and God and finally everything, God bringing the blessings, you know, at the right time and everything now going uphill. Thank God. But and and you mentioned working on yourself. um, Yeah in terms of therapy and acupuncture and diet. And you did mention the mikvah before as a spiritual thing that you were doing and you did. And it almost, I almost heard a little bit of frustration, like, well, what's happening? So was there a rocky road in your relationship with Judaism and God going into this? Talk to us about that, that relationship. So when I started not getting pregnant, when I started figuring out like, okay, it's been two months, three months, four months, and and I haven't gotten pregnant I started like getting a little bit I don't know if the right word is mad but I was like why are you doing this to me you know Mm -hmm. like why is this happening to me I'm a good person I I'm a Jewish person I mean I do Shabbat in my house I I do halal I light the candle you know like listen going to the mikvah already is like a huge deal (laughs) you know like everything I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like a good Jewish I mean I'm not orthodox but I'm trying to you know I'm trying to do a um be a good Good Jewish, you know, wife and why are you sending this to me? I mean, I, I don't deserve it. So mm-hmm. I started like drifting away from my Jewish, like my, you know, my, emo- not my emotional, like my, my feeling of being close to God. I was like resenting mm-hmm. it a little bit, you know, like, right, right. I don't want to, you know what, you know what? A lot of people get pregnant. They don't even go to the mikveh. They don't do anything and I'm not getting <laughs> pregnant. So, you know, you know, like I, it doesn't work this way. I don't have to go to the mikveh to get pregnant, you know, like, things like that. that that's Let me tell you something, dear God, here. (laughs) You know, like spiritually, I was going backwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went backwards completely. And I did my treatment without going to the mikveh, without any supervision. And I stopped going to the mikveh. And then I had my twins and I did not go back to the mikveh. And then uh, um, after having my third son, because after the twins, I got pregnant really quick for uh, a a second to another, uh, another time, like at six months. I stopped breastfeeding and I got pregnant right away, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and I and I found out that I had two boys with the twins, right? Right. And I found out that that was a girl, that I was pregnant with a girl. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's like the perfect, you know, um, gift that God is sending me. And then I had a miscarriage mm. and I miscarried again. And I was like, this is so weird. Why is God, I never, I have never doubted my faith. I mean, I know there there. there was a god it was just that i i thought that i i didn't have to do anything spiritually to be to receive anything back from mm, god you understand yes that's the point that i was there and so 
at what point did you realize that so that was the spiritual mis- connection? So I had that second miscarriage and I knew that I was a girl, that it was a girl. And I was like, why did you, why is God sending me these messages? I mean, why didn't I have a miscarriage in the beginning? I had a miscarriage a little bit more far along that I already knew the sex of the baby. What? Hmm. And then I get pregnant again a month after, naturally, again pregnant. I was like, I couldn't stop getting pregnant at that moment. <laughs> um, and it was a boy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, okay. And I really wanted a girl, of course. You know, you want to have every experience. <laughs> and um, I said, you know what? This is God sending me a message. You, you're, you're maybe not supposed to have. You're supposed to have another child. I mean, if I maybe if I would have had the girl, then I would have stopped at three. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started like thinking there is a way. There's there's a reason why God sends you things. So I had my third son, and after my third son. I, I we started hearing like more classes, more spiritual classes, mm-hmm. not so much in like not so much in like Judaism, like mitzvahs and stuff like that. More like the spiritual part of why things happen to you, right, right, and why are we standing at a certain point in life, and and how you have to communicate with God, and how you have to see bad things that happen to you in some good ways. And I went completely back to to that point where I said, you know what, I had to go through all of this because I have to help people. I have to speak about it. I'm going to do a blog. I'm going to speak about it. I'm not going to leave it all into myself. And I'm going to try to help as many people as I can throughout this process. And that's why God sent me this um, problem. Because after, um, after achieving my goal of having three kids and having a full house with my children and the whole family, now I can say that God sent me all these things so I could help people. Wow. And that's when I went back to, you know, my mikveh and my lighting the candles uh-huh. and doing my halal and, and all this. And this time I got, and I got pregnant. Now I'm pregnant again with my fourth um child and it's a girl. So, yeah, so all the things that I did think, they, they, they're happening, you know. And, and it's not coincidence. It's because now I have that connection and I know that um, that it happened for a reason. Well, this is such a beautiful story and it's <laughs> such a clear example of Yerida Letzor Chalia. Like sometimes we think a descent is like, where are we falling on this pit? But it really is for the sake of something so much bigger and better um, that Hashem has in store for us. And- yeah, and sometimes when you're in that uh, dark place, you're not going to be able to, to see it because you're not you're blind Mm -hmm. but then when you you know when I had my house already full full of kids I was like wait there's a reason I should not have drifted apart from God it's Mm -hmm. not that he did this um because I'm a bad person because I'm not it it wasn't a punishment God forbid (laughs) no it was God doesn't punish Mm -hmm. he he put me in this world maybe to help people and that's maybe what I should do so after your third son is born um you start you start the blog you start talking about it. What was the reaction from people? Well, some people were like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, you seem to have like the perfect life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you went through so many things. Wow. So that's a good thing. for That was nice for me to hear because that is very common. A lot of people think that you have like the perfect life, but inside you're going through so many things, Um, you know, personally, that could be, you know, infertility right. or so many other things, you know, that, that it was good. And then 
a lot of people started talking to me about it. Like, um, I don't want anybody to know, but I can talk to you because you have gone through this right. and you can understand. And they don't feel ashamed to talk to me about it because I already did it. You know, I already went through insemination, in vitro, operation, miscarriages, everything. So I can talk to you. Right. They could find that, 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 that empathy in somebody else. Exactly. Sophia, talk to me about the role of the spouse because, well, let's talk about, I guess, your, from the perspective of your husband, but I can only imagine yeah. that in general, I mean, we're, we're focused on the woman, but there is a spouse who is also experiencing this on a different level. And, you know, talk to me about that because that has to be part for, of the equation. For the couple, like for the spouse is, is very hard. I mean, it, it's very hard for, I, I, I know my husband at, at all times was thinking, why does she have to go through this? Mm. It wasn't like personally for him. He's a lot more patient than I am. And he's a lot more connected to God than I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, but um, I think that all the time he was thinking like, why does she have to go through this? Um, but um, the important thing here is to think it's, it's very hard. A lot of people fight. A lot of couples fight. And it's normal. Hormones are really hard. So imagine the stress that a, a woman has plus adding the hormones. I always say it's like a, a bomb. You know, it's like a <laughs> nuclear like bomb. Become this, you know, like if they touch you, you explode. You know, it's like right. and and it's not easy for a, a spouse to be able to handle that. Um, and a lot of one of the things that I did with Yael, which we'll talk about the book later. Um, that she's my co-writer, is that we figured out that the, that spouses sometimes want to resolve issues. Like, yeah. okay, you feel bad, let's go to the movies. I'll mm-hmm. take you to dinner. And sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you just want, want him to hug you and like say, I'm here for you. You don't need to go and fix it. It's not something that you can fix. It's just that you need the support. Right. Um, also, I always recommend for the spouse to... And for the, I mean, for both, for both persons in the, in the relationship to think about that you're a team, you're not against each other. You are a team with a goal and you're fighting an obstacle together to achieve that goal. So you have to have that in mind. I'm not against you. I'm with you within this, you know, and try to find a balance of what both personalities to be able to achieve that goal. Because at the end, what you're trying to conceive as a child, it's, it's from love. It's from it's from a good relationship. You don't want to bring a child into the world in a relationship that that's broken. Right. So you need to have that strength and try to keep that strength. It's not easy, but you have to you you can't neglect your partner. You know you can't right. you can't neglect your 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 relationship. You mentioned that your husband is very connected to God. Do you yeah. think that helped throughout? Would do you think that that I did think that come also, through? I think he also um, stepped back a he little struggled. bit when. Yes, he. Mm-hmm. We we both took a step back. We were really thank God. Like your faith husband, was being we were really tested. Connected in this whole process, we really didn't fight that much. We were not that type. I mean, he's a lot more relaxed than I am. He was really supportive, but we both t- took a step back from re- from our religion. You know, it was like your um, faith was being tested from our faith a little bit. And then inside of him, I think he he's the one that really started taking that step forward again mm, and brought me 
me back, you know, and, and like pull me into it again. Beautiful, um, beautiful. And right now I can really say that, I mean, with these classes that we've been hearing that they're very spiritual, they have taken us to, to another, even a deeper level that, that we were, you know, in originally. Beautiful, beautiful. So, yeah. you, so you decided last year to publish a workbook with a friend of the show, psychologist Jaya yeah. Toledo. She's been on the show. We've worked together numerous times. Tell us about the new book. Okay, so the book um, is the same. Yael uh, came up with this book for women and then for teenagers. So we took the same um, concept, the same way of doing the book. It's a 30-day workbook. Um concentrating on the process of in vitro so it's a women uh, it's for women that are going through exactly the process of in vitro mm -hmm. i mean if you're going through infertility you can do it but there's some two or three specific exercises that are done for in vitro so it kind of guides you emotionally on how to take all these uh, emotions and and feelings and it, it it has like the psychological part of Yael you know mm -hmm. as her as a therapist plus parts of my experience and my story for them for anybody that's just doing it to feel like really related to me and the book and that you know you're not the only one that have has gone through these um, emotions and at the end um, you have to know something anybody can go through infertility because of a thousand reasons but if you ask anybody that has gone through anything with infertility, even unknown infertility, secondary infertility, infertility because of a tube or um, uh, ovaries, anything, mm -hmm. we all feel the same emotion. So that's what we're trying to cover in the book. It's the emotional part of doing the process of, of IVF, how to talk to your couple, how, what to do if you feel down, um, things like that, you know, the emotional part of IVF. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and what has been the response from the women who are doing these exercises? Amazing, amazing. Like, um, we are very open. I give my email out. I talk to most of the people that most of the people that are doing the book write to me as they are doing it. Nice. And, uh, and the connection is just amazing. You know, like, um, a lot of people have thanked us for, you know, for writing this. It's very simple. The wording is very simple. It's very, it's for them to connect to us in a very personal level um we are always there for them we always answer emails and you know it's like a really big help emotionally for anything anybody and you know a support that's going through this and also, time. i don't think was there was there anything else out there like this i don't think so i haven't seen i mean there's a lot of books on that like the theory right and the process but this is a workbook i mean you sit down alone you don't have to tell anybody that you're doing this you don't have to answer to anybody it's just like a personal going inside your deepest emotions and doing this 30-day exercises right right because it's i actually had uh, a guest on the show not long ago javi brooke who also went through um infertility and like you she was determined to be a mother in in their case in this couple's case it wasn't possible naturally there was a problem that was not fixable um so their choice was adoption and that's what they did and she was very vocal about this idea of yeah it's really an incredible story and javi was very vocal in that episode about this concept that you're trying to tackle in your book in your manual which is there are emotions and we can't just brush 
brush them under the rug. We can't just go through life and say, okay, I'm fine. I'm doing this. I'm head on. You have to face them because if you don't face them and you, as you're going through them, they're going to come and hunt you and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yes. No. And, and, and really a lot of people try to help, but really who hasn't gone through this, that, I mean, it's not, it's not, they're not trying to be mean or anything, but you know, most of the people tell you, oh, relax. I mean, you can't relax in a situation like this. Like that's the worst thing that you can, you can hear and they don't mean wrong. Right. But talking to somebody that has gone through this is completely different. Right. Completely. Right. I right. Mean, right. Completely. Right. Yeah. It's one, it's these experiences, unless you've, you've been through them, it's really, they're just very hard to relate to. Yeah. So that's what the book accomplishes. Now I know that you have a bigger plans for three under two. And right now you have the three under two foundation. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So tell us about that project. Cause that sounds like, wow, taking this to a whole new level. Yeah. So, um, what I really started to talk about this, uh, I'm, I started to see that a lot of people can't afford this. I mean, uh, yes, there's yeah, let's so talk many about things that, that we This is do. very expensive. Let's talk yeah. about that. That's crazy. Tell us about... Okay, you have a problem and thank God and thank to science and God, there's a thousand ways to fix things, right? Mm -hmm. But they're very expensive. Very. Like, extremely expensive. And in a lot of states, um, if you have insurance, it doesn't cover it. Mm -hmm. Like in Florida, they don't cover it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not... I mean, a lot of people don't even have insurance you know like I talked to so many people and it's just crazy that for me in my mind it's like crazy that you have a problem and you can fix it and you can become a mother but you can't because of money I mean Gosh. for me that's heartbreaking um and there is a lot of um non-profit organizations that um help with um funds but most of them they the way they choose um the um the candidates to give them the grant to mm -hmm. um is mostly the ones that are uh, have the biggest chance to get pregnant not and I don't think that's really fair well what does that I what mean, does that mean they have the biggest okay. chance so let's say if they have a person that is 27 and has a fallopian tube like me a blocked fallopian tube I had a huge chance of getting pregnant with in vitro mm -hmm. right but let's say there's a 40 year old person that has been struggling 10 years oh, to get pregnant gosh. and can't and her ovary reserve is like terrible she's 40 already I mean it doesn't doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve it she does maybe she deserves it more than the 27 year old do you understand yes but since the 27 year old has more chances they're going to give it to them because you know the chances are they're going to get pregnant so they can say i we donated this and she had a baby right 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 so i was like no this can't happen and i want what, the way that I want to do things in the future, God willing, is that I want to do it by lottery, by, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I want to pick a name. Of course, there's there's ways that people have to go in through a, a process like this, but I don't want to choose by by, you know, like by by numbers I want to choose by just lottery you know like right right so not based on your medical record and your exactly right um right now we don't we haven't had like we we were not ready yet to give out grants mm -hmm. I want to that's my goal in the future is to give grant um I don't know the amount of money or the grant how much amount yet they will be um I'm just trusting in God that he will help me with this and mm -hmm. um and I will get to the the point that I will be able to give out grants, but that's my goal with so, the the foundation. So, did had people approach?
approached you in certain instances and say, you know, I wish I could do treatment, but it's just prohibitively expensive for us? Yes, a oh, million wow. people, like hundreds of people. Wow. Hundreds of people. Have, uh, do you give out money? I don't have the money. Um, I, oh, you gosh. have no idea how much people. I mean, I here in Miami, there's a lot of immigrants that don't have insurance, that they don't even have, like, ways to... Um, ask for loans right it's just heartbreaking you know because that shouldn't be like I mean it's just being a mom you know being being parents it shouldn't come to money and right. that that that's really my I, I I really hope that that um God gives me the possibility and the strength to to be able to do this in the future wow very 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 inspiring and um, of course we can find out about the foundation through your website, 3under2.com, yes. right? Yes. And correct. for everybody listening, it's 3under2 with a number 2, okay? Not yeah. spelled, not the word spelled out. Now, Sophia, if you would look back at these past, what, what's it been, five, six years? Yeah. That well, you... Yeah. Since I have, how, how old is your oldest? Are five. Uh-huh. Almost five. Right. So, so you've been in this journey over five years, probably yeah. closer to seven like years. Right. Yeah, like eight years. Uh-huh. What would you say are some of the most... Most, I guess, important, powerful lessons you've learned about yourself, like things that maybe you you wouldn't have discovered or you didn't know about yourself before. Um, uh, one thing is to be a little bit more. I I learned that things happen for a reason. Mm. That everything in life is just waiting for the right thing to happen because there is a. It's like a chain reaction that are things. I mean, of course, there are things that you have to choose in life to do or not. Right. But there is a road that God sends you through. Right. And sometimes I, I I am a very impatient person. I was a very impatient person. And I learned that um, that sometimes I just need to relax a little bit, enjoy what I'm having, because there's a reason for things. Yeah, let let go. Let, yes. let, let go. There's just like a plan. It's, there's like a bigger plan that God has for you. And, and you know, God doesn't punish or, or you know, sends you like bad things for, for, for because you're a bad person. That, that doesn't, right. it doesn't that's work not, that that's way. That's not Judaism. Correct. Also, also it doesn't mean that, that for you to be a good person, you have to do this and this and this and this it doesn't work that way either it's just to you know feel good with yourself be patient um know that things happen for a reason you know like that's the biggest thing that i learned through all of this have a little bit more patience right 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 i hear i hear it's even like trust that God can handle our problems. We don't have to, we don't have to get yes. impatient. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. It's yes, like, yes. L- l- let the load off on him. <laughs> on him. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. It's such an incredible yeah, that's the lesson. Thing I, I think I've learned in this years, you know, like, um, maybe you're not prepared. I, maybe you think you're prepared to be a mom, but you're not. And there's a, mm-hmm. a bigger thing coming. I mean, it's not easy easy to have twins and there was a bigger picture for me right. I mean I, I waited all that time and then there was this double blessing coming to me that I didn't know and the way for me to prepare for that huge blessing was that way mm-hmm. because when they did finally get it to my arm um I was I was like I, I I was never like oh my god this is too much for me no I was grateful I was like so happy and grateful that for me the twins were not a hard thing to to raise or to oh, have you know, that. Like, it was like 
it was amazing. I was I was smiling. I was like, this is the best thing that has ever happened to me. I don't have one. I have two. I have two kids to breastfeed. I have two kids to take care. <laughs> it was a good thing. It wasn't like a stressful thing. You could, but fo- that was because I was waiting for it for three years. Yes, you could appreciate the <laughs> blessing, and yes. then and then to have a third one right away, which uh, you can look at it as this whole overwhelming thing. And for me, but- it's like I I look at them and they're it's like now they look like triplets because <laughs> you know Jack is all, only tw- 20 months apart from the twins right they look like triplets and I look at them and yes there are sometimes I don't have patience and sometimes I want you I, you know I want to like oh my god you know I want to ra- run from my house but they're amazing it's like the biggest thing that I've done in my life right. is to have those kids and and now everybody tells me oh my god you're gonna have a fourth wow and I'm like, this is a it's amazing for me I I, I love kids it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge blessing but I would not have learned that if it wasn't for my journey hmm. did you always know growing up that you wanted to be a mother and have a large yeah. family oh really I always wanted four kids wow. <laughs> always yeah wow do you come from a large family um well I have two a brother and a sister so we're three and three uh-huh but and- um I had a friend of like one of my best friends growing up she had three uh brothers and sisters so uh-huh. she was four and I loved that dynamic of that house that it was all full of <laughs> and I always told my husband I want four and he was like no I want three and I'm like I want four and look <laughs> now we're having the fourth okay. so <laughs> listen yeah. you you guys sound like awesome parents and you could continue on this journey you're yeah. pretty young <laughs> I always tell everybody tells me this is it because they're afraid you know like my mom and everything they're like they see me like I could have 10 kids you know like and I'm like mom for now this but let's take we'll, one we'll blessing at a time yeah. let's uh, exactly. let's share let's take one blessing at a time yes listen I yes. always I always say that uh, nobody nobody at the end of their lives ever said I wish I had less children no, no, no. <laughs> god forbid and now I, at the beginning is not easy I mean of course it's not it's work <laughs> it's a lot of work um, but then I think the blessing is bigger than the work so. yeah well you said it yourself you said before this is the biggest thing I've done in my life and that is truth right there there couldn't be a better job a more important job a more important role in life than motherhood so Sophia let's um do a little bit of JLP fill in the blanks this is the part of the show where I give you an open-ended statement and you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind okay all right perfect I'm Sophia Silverman and I feel most spiritual when um okay so I have to say that I feel most spiritual when I have learned in the past, let's say a year or something that um, I have to talk to God. Like my relationship mm. with God means that I just have to talk to him. I don't have to be in the synagogue or praying or exactly doing a mitzvah. I just have to talk to him. And that has been huge for me. Um, and that's when I feel more spiritual and connected to, to God. It's when I just start speaking to him. Wow. I'm so happy that you brought that up because by the way, that is the feminine paradigm of prayer just that ongoing conversation and we women are very apt at it we're very good at that type of relationship in fact if you ever go back and learn the story of Hannah um, the structure of prayer that we have today you know tefillah as we do it from a sitter in shul really comes from that model of 
Ariana opening up to God through her struggle with infertility, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and most really the, pouring her heart. The, yeah. You know, most of the important women in our in our history Tara, mm -hmm. have gone yes. through they were they were infertile. Yes. And that's uh, the other day I was hearing a class and they and the guy said, Why do you think that God sent them that? Mm -hmm. And it was for them to have a special connection to God. Yes. And that. I felt like, oh my, that was like the perfect line for me. You know, yeah. like that's ex exactly what happened to me. Very, very powerful. All right. My favorite mitzvah or one I feel most connected with is? I have to say going to the mikveh. <laughs> ah, kola kavod. I going back and, and it's really for me, it's like a before and after thing. You know, like before you went in and after you went in, you just feel completely different. It's like, it, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's nice that you that you see it there there definitely you could feel a transformation I yes, have, yeah exactly yeah. yeah my fondest sweetest jewish memory is um last year i had the the opportunity my mom like pulled me to go to um, the Rebe Lubavitch um oh hell what do you say yeah the oh hell you know yeah exactly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at the beginning I was like oh ma really I mean she was going through a tough time my grandfather just passed away she really wanted to go she never had gone mm -hmm. and I was like ma really go to a, a day to New York the kids you know like I have to leave the kids I was like dreading it a little bit but I'm very close to my mom and I was like okay let's do it and really it was like the best most spiritual day <laughs> I have ever had in my life it was just amazing like everything that happened that day the way that it happened it was just it was wow amazing yeah it is it is a very special place yeah. and um, you know you could continue writing letters into the OHEL in fact you should you should write in that you that you were pregnant now have you done that no well after, but I would have to go no right? you can fax it in oh. or you can email it and there oh, is really? a person in the staff at the OHEL that takes your letter they don't read it they rip it just like you would have done if you're there um so after we get on the phone just sit down talk to god say the write all your everything that you want and share the good news that you're pregnant now and ask oh for my blessings god, i'm gonna do it mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it for sure yep yep i didn't know yeah that. thank you cool. i'm actually gonna be there next week god willing Oh, nice. So I'll, I'll put in your name. I'll ask you your full Hebrew name after. All right. Okay. <laughs> Something I wished I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Um, I have to say that learning a little bit more how to pray. Mm. My parents have always been very spiritual, have had a lot of faith and everything. and But they never really taught me to pray, like mm -hmm. actually to pray. And, and like now I, I wish I would have known a little bit more how to do that. Yeah, just to feel comfortable with the structure. It's hard. I didn't, yeah. I also didn't grow up yeah. with it. And like my yeah. kids, my kids are so comfortable with it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I see my, my husband that did that does know like I see him and and he looks like so calm. And yeah, like, my husband too. Prays, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I wish I could know how to do that. But listen, it sounds to me like your form of prayer, which is the epitome of prayer. You're very good at it. So keep yeah, on, no, keep doing talk, what you're doing. Me. I can talk. <laughs> That I can do. <laughs> All right. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to? Um, well, of course, women that are going through this. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, and children. For me, children that are having like a hard time is just, you know, devastating. Yeah, yeah. Finally, I'm Sophia Silberman, and today I'm most grateful for. I, I already said it, my family, of course, my family, my journey, the way that um, at the end I had what I had to go through in order to be able to have this amazing blessing that it is my family and for me to be able to appreciate it in a whole other level because of the journey that I had to go through. Beautiful. Sophia, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sure you've inspired many listeners out there. Everybody, Sophia can be found at 3 under 2 and that is 3 under the number 2.com and stay tuned for a little giveaway on Instagram if anybody is interested in winning Sophia's 30-day workbook on dealing with the emotionally demanding road of IVF. Please stay tuned for that because we're going to be giving out one workbook to an amazing listener or reader. I want to thank you so much for having me, really. And I want to tell everybody that anybody could write to me. I try to respond emails on a daily basis. I love to heal, help people, support them, try to be there for them, listen to their stories, anything they want to communicate with me. Um, I'm just here for them. That's Right now, that's what I'm doing. That's my mission besides being a mom. It's just being there for people that are going through this tough time. Amazing. Sophia, you're, a, you're an inspiration. Beautiful. Thank, thank you, you for so coming much. on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Sophia Silverman for stopping by. To reach Sophia, read more about her journey, purchase a copy of her book, and donate to the 3 Under 2 Foundation, visit 3under2.com. That is 3under2.com. And of course, you can follow Sophia on Instagram at 3under2, again with the number 2. Over there, we are excited to be co-hosting a giveaway for a copy of Sophia's and Yael Toledo's 30-day workbook to deal with the emotionally demanding road of IVF. Just head over to to Jewish Latin Princess on Instagram where I will be launching the giveaway and follow the instructions on that post. One of you could be the winner of this beautiful work which could be helpful to you or to someone you hold dear. So go check it out if you enjoyed this episode. Ladies, please go ahead and leave a review and rating on iTunes. That is the best way that we can get iTunes to recommend the show to Jewish women around the world looking for good quality Jewish content. And of course, share it with the women you love. I know you have many Jewish women friends, family who would like to enjoy this as much as you are doing. So why not share the love? Speaking of love, I'm headed out this week with my husband to celebrate the wedding of my friend's oldest daughter. She's actually much more than my friend. She's my mentor, Rachel, a big mazel tov to you and the family. And speaking of mikvah, she was my mikvah teacher as well when I was about to get married 13 years ago. We are beyond excited to be celebrating this beautiful occasion with such dear people in our lives. To all of you, I wish you a week full of joyous occasions and blessings. See you here next time you're listening to jewish latin princess podcast by yael every week get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented jewish women and from yael herself seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful richer jewish life welcome to jewish latin princess podcast And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael.